Welcome to the second roundtable in as many days or almost as many hours. Uh, we're going to talk about Real Salt Lake and Atlanta United this time. We've got the match tonight at, I believe, 5.30 p.m. Uh, we're just going to kind of riff on that. Um, you may have heard Ian in the last episode. He's dropped out for this one. Uh, but we do have a very special guest uh, who has joined us on vacation. And that's one Kyle. That's right. That's and right. I I got I got too bored having too good of a time. No, actually, we just I watched a lovely sunset after having a delightful dinner. Came back in to put some sweats on and relax. But I saw that the link was there, and I was like, "Let me let me give it a shot." So here I am, making and of course, my feelings known. We've got Colin again. Hey, everybody, and uh, we have Trevor. Oh, sorry, Trevor? Colin, I, I cut you off. I was going to say I I didn't have anything to update. My mom has asked yeah. me so many questions recently about what Colin's just general like professional uh, duties are and like what type of doctor, all this stuff. She thinks you're like a surgeon, I think. And I told her that you are. So that's true. <clears throat> all right. So we're just going to jump right into this. Uh, Ray also like takes on Atlanta. Uh, we played on uh, Saturday was it Saturday or Sunday? Saturday, uh, and we play again on Sunday. So we're in the middle of a kind of a crunch. Uh, we've got a midweek game, uh, first midweek game in at least quite a while. I don't know if we've had another this season. Actually, we had uh, a uh, an open cup game that was a midweek game. Oh, I'm famously no. upset about us losing that. It not only for the Champions League berth that we missed out on, but also that we have way fewer midweek games because of it. Cause I love a midweek game at home. Not away though. No, away is away is fine. Uh, this is at five 30 PM. So it's going to be right after some of your work days in the middle of some of your work days, not impacting some of your work days. Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, the biggest thing I think that's going to at, at least play in my mind is that we need to rotate the lineup. We have a number of players who have just played a lot of games. Uh, and Colin, let's let's kick it off with you. What do you think? Uh, how much rotation do we need? Do we need a full rotation? I don't think you have the squad to do a full rotation, to be honest. Um, I, you, you just don't. I anticipate uh, I anticipate Kapelhoff starting again um, with Marcelo Silva. Uh, because I think that there ourselves going to want to give Justin Glad a little bit more time. I know that his status was upgraded, um, but I would be really surprised if they brought him back in the midweek game. But... Actually, his status was downgraded from probable oh, was to questionable. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I thought it went the other way. Yeah. Um, so he probably yeah. travel with the team, did he? No, it doesn't appear so. Okay. Yeah. And, and it doesn't look like... Uh, Orozco traveled with the team either. So it doesn't, I mean, it, it, it sounds like it's Kapelhoff and Silva um, definitely starting. I, I don't know what the options are if one of those guys gets hurt. Um, the legendary Eric Holt. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty thin. Um, I, I think you can't probably expect, I mean, you probably subbed Ruiz and Jasper. Uh, on the weekend with some expectation that they'd be playing some minutes. Um, 
So I would expect at least one of Beasler or um, Caldwell to actually start this game. Um, and, you know, keeping either Ruiz or Jasper Waffelsund on the bench as a, as a substitute is needed. Um, what, where it gets interesting is I don't know what the forward options are. Um, it, it seems like at this point, I, is, is Rubio Rubin available? Is it just Rubin and Cordova? Is that basically all we've got uh, up front? We could um, play a midfielder there. Yes, unless you wanted to start Jefferson Savarino. Uh, they played him up top against Colorado for a little bit as well. Um, that's that's another option. Um, but it's thin. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on the on the roster construction. There's just not a lot of backup in a lot of positions. And you don't you don't have a lot of options. So I expect maybe one rotation in the midfield, one rotation at winger, and that's probably Probably it. I mean, unless you're going to start Tate Schmidt for Andrew Brody and give him a break. But other than that, I can't I can't anticipate many other changes. Andrew Brody actually has the second most minutes on the team for whatever that's worth. Right behind Zach McMath. He's played in every game. Uh, Trevor, what's one thing that you think RSL needs to do to secure a victory against kind of a, a worse for wear Atlanta team? Um, Not... This is going to be like a stupid obvious one, but like not concede early and score early. Like they need to have an impact on the game early. Right now, Atlanta has been struggling um, and I think they just need to get that mental edge um, over Atlanta. Um, And I think that's probably what this game is going to come down to. It's it's kind of two teams that are for different reasons um, struggling right now in different ways. and I, I think that's really what it's going to be. I, I think in a lot of ways, Atlanta is clearly more talented team um, than RSL, but playing much worse. And I think RSL is playing much better than their talent level is. If that makes sense. Um, so I, it's just the RSL thing all season has been just about mentality. And I think if they can get out and um, put themselves in that position where they can give themselves the mental edge. I, I think that's going to be the difference in this game. Kyle, I'm curious. Uh, does it mean anything if Real Salt Lake loses this game? It means that we will once again, not get a result against a team that's like third or fourth in the bottom of their conference, which would be like the fourth week in a row that this has happened, uh, which would kind of be hilarious, but this would be, I mean, if we if if I have to choose between this game, it's it, it, it's tough because you don't want to say you're throwing a game in order to win a result on the weekend. But like the focus should be winning the game at home this weekend against Sporting Kansas City. If we lose that one uh, or if we don't get a result, I think that's a big problem. So I think that this this game means something. It but it's dependent on what happens at the weekend, I think, which kind of sucks, but this does feel like, you know, kind of a package deal for me. Like sometimes you got to make sacrifices in certain games. Um, If we could get a draw out of this one, I would be very happy with that. I am worried though, because uh, Joseph Martinez seemed really pissed (laughs) and he's really good. So uh, they, they've been really underperforming and I have a feeling that, that this is the light of fire under the team. 
and get going against a team that, you know, ha- has a habit of losing focus on the road early and giving up early goals. Um, and then, you know, I our RSL on the road, especially kind of these earlier games in the evening, I, it's just kind of a recipe for disaster for us. But we've we've made we've gotten some results out of these a couple times this year so maybe this is this is part of that but i don't know i it means a lot if we also don't get a result at the weekend so i guess we'll see but i'm worried for sure yeah. so, so matt oh yeah what do you, what do you, what do you think RSL needs to do going into into wednesday to to get a result yeah i mean it's going to come back to the same thing it always comes back to with this team which is can you score a goal (laughs) and sometimes the answer is yes you can score a goal uh, because somebody else put the ball off the crossbar and somebody can stoop down and head it in or maybe you know the goalkeeper makes a weird error and Sergio Cordova is right there to tap it in Uh, but when those things don't happen uh, we lack a creative edge um and obviously, we've talked a lot about lacking creative edge this season. Uh, so I don't want to harp on it too much. But without a creative edge, it's difficult to beat teams that are capable of scoring goals. And that's the thing. Like, we we will not win a, a goal fest game. Uh, and if Justin Glad's not there, we won't win a game that requires us to play particularly defensively. And I think yeah. you've seen that over the last three games. And uh, I'm optimistic that we won't have another to add to that list, but uh, optimistic is probably not the right word. Uh, I dream that maybe we will win this game. Uh, realistically speaking, it's not going to happen. What's interesting is that they're, they're front four. They got Martinez, Cisneros, Almada, and Arujo. Uh, Martinez with five, Cisneros with four, Almada three, Arujo with four. They've got like a front four that's like scoring a lot of goals and we don't have that we have Savarino who I mean obviously for games played and for minutes played it has the best uh I guess ratio you could say so you know you would hope that he's good for you know a moment like what he had against uh against Colorado but again like you're you get, you're depending like you were saying, Matt, like we're hoping for a moment that's like a, you know, off the crossbar rebound for a header or a defender scoring a, a header on a on a corner kick. These things that aren't aren't dependable uh, throughout the course of a season. And so if this does turn into a goal fest, like if, you know, like we've what was that stat that somebody posted the Justin Glad thing? Uh I don't. I gotta find that real quick. But the one where, like, in games without Justin Glad, we've conceded like twenty-one goals, and games with Justin Glad, we've conceded like two. Yeah, those aren't the real numbers, but it's something what striking like that. The real numbers: We're RSL with Justin Glad, seven shutouts, seven goals against in twelve games. RSL without Justin Glad, zero shutouts, seventeen goals in oh. seven games. Yeah, like so. Justin Glad's not playing this one. I, all of these factors are adding up to us potentially being in a position where we give up a lot of goals to a pretty talented front four. And they have a negative goal differential at Atlanta. Uh, it's because their defense is terrible and they've just been bad in general over the season. But 
if this is a goal, a game where we can help them get back into their winning ways by allowing a bunch of goals, we're not going to be able to keep up with that because we have Saverino. And I think that's it. That's like actually really dangerous uh, minute to minute in these games. So I don't know. Uh, overall, I think it's it's going to be, you know, it's a, where the where the goal is going to come from. Turns out that's kind of an important thing to win a soccer game. Turns so out. Tre- Trevor, I was going to ask you, what do you think? Why do you think RSL has struggled so much on the road? Um, I'm not sure that they've really struggled on the. I mean, I guess. Yeah, they probably have. Sorry, I got <laughs> lost in the sauce. I was looking at uh, Atlanta's roster and trying to figure out why they're so bad. Um, th- I, I honestly think it's just, um, like I already said, this team is is a lot about, I hate this meme, but it's a lot about like the mentality and the grit and the, you know, and, and just wanting it more than the other guys. And I think that's just a lot harder to do on the road. Yeah. when you're not playing in front of your home fans. And I think that explains why they're so good at home because that's a lot easier to do at home. Like, I I hate to, like, analyze a team and, like, break it down and be like, uh, they just want it more. Like, I hate that answer, but I really feel like there's no other good explanation because it's not like they're doing huge um, roster rotations on the road. They're basically playing the same players on the road that they do at home. They basically play the same kind of formation for the most part. Um, th- the only real thing is that a lot of times they don't seem to get up for games on the road that they do at home. So like I said, I, I don't like that answer, but I, I think that's the answer. Where, where would you rank sleeping in their own bed? <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be number one, right? So number like one, number two, our away games this year, you know, we tied Houston the first game of the season. Then a next away game was the New England, uh, you know, snow tea party thing. A loss at Kansas City, tie at Colorado, uh, loss at New York City, tie at Portland, loss at Nashville. We did win the Montreal one a couple months ago. Loss at Vancouver, loss at Minnesota. So, I don't know. You do got to get better on the roads. You got you got to get better results than that, but like I think it's exactly what you're saying. I and mean, like we talk about these these moments where it seems like the crowd almost wills the team to victory in certain cases. Like some like these, it's those you want it more moments. The winning a, a, a center back winning a header on a corner, like a lot of those are just like you know the crowd momentum can help with that kind of thing. Like you, it, it really does hype players up, and they can get up in those specific moments, but. Uh, that's not available to you on the road. So I don't know. I it's it does concern me. The crowd. I mean, I know we kind we joke about the sellout thing, but like the crowds have been really good this year, and uh, I think that has made a really big difference with the team at home. We haven't lost a, a game at home so far this season, but aside from the most important one, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. Matt, I was going to ask you to take us take us through your form guide. What's oh. RSL's form in the last uh, last five matches? Yeah, the last five matches, it's it has not, not good. been good. Yeah. Uh, just give me a second for the API to finish loading. It's taking an awfully long time tonight, which means nobody's visited tonight before me. It's too bad. Uh, all right. Real Salt Lake has just five points from their last five games. Uh, you, If you look at the form guide, it's formguide.tools.football. I. 
I've got a rolling points chart there that I think is an interesting way. And I kind of stole the idea from climate science. If you're a climate denier, you're probably also a form guide denier. So <laughs> just going to leave that there. Uh, so five points from the last five games. Uh, there are, there's one win in that. There are two draws. And that was a win over San Jose Earthquakes, who uh, have been pretty bad, too. Uh, but Real Salt Lake's form has been very up and down. Um, not in terms of like game to game, because that's not form, right? Form is over a longer period. But if you look over the last five games and then see that charted through the season, you'll see we start pretty okay. We we dip down. We go back up. And we're dipping down now. And I think that's just going to be RSL this season. I think we're going to have good runs. We're going to have bad runs. And uh, it's too bad because our bad runs are pretty bad. And our good runs are good. Uh, but they're they're certainly not enough to make up for the bad runs. And I think it kind of lands us in a middle of the table position in the long run. Averages to, out. To further drive home that point, the previous five games before the last five games was four wins and one loss. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we we've definitely go through skids where we're very good. And then we go through skids where we're very bad. And... It, seems like we're on the tail end of one of those bad skids so hopefully it can start being turned around either against atlanta or against sporting but yeah with, with the expectations of like a lot of rotations and being on the road it's kind of a long shot against atlanta yeah so we will we'll be finishing up three games in a week we've already got one point from this point forward what's a successful week Gotta be five points. Five points out of three games feels like them. I mean, that's that's what we said <laughs> last time out of like the three game stretch that ended with uh, Colorado, I think. But yeah, I mean, we really blew it against Colorado. We really blew it against Columbus. So I don't know if this team's got as much dog in them as we supposedly hear that they have. Then like. Prove it. I'm sick of yeah. hearing about the, you know, Pablo Mastroeni is a master of mentality or whatever. It's like, okay, go out and prove that. Prove it. Don't you don't need to manufacture your own adversity against you in order to to prove it. Like, go out there and actually dictate a game from start to finish, uh, and prove that you actually are up for this kind of thing. You don't get to say you have dog in you if it only means coming back from a losing position. Even if that ends with a loss, you don't get credit for that because that's what happened against Minnesota. And I was so annoyed to see how many people were praising that ridiculous performance. Um, and I was also annoyed to hear, see people say that we played uh, against Colorado and were the better team for most of that game because I watched that game uh, after the fact and knowing the result <laughs> and couldn't believe that people were actually like thinking that we, quote, should have won. We should have won that game because. That was a home game against an inferior opponent based on the night. We shouldn't have won that game. So let's this is tomorrow's another or tonight, whatever. I don't know when this comes out. I, this is another game that we quote should win because it's a, a team, you know, that's that's way far further down in the standings than we are. Uh, but we actually have to prove it on the field. You don't get to just win. You don't get it, You're not owed a win because you're higher in the standings. You actually have to be better on the night. I think that's a great place to wrap up this roundtable. 
Uh, but let's finish with score predictions. Uh, Alex, Ethan, if you're listening, we demand, uh, not just request, we demand that these be entered into your uh, stats and that hopefully we can uh, earn the right, the right uh, to name Ethan's firstborn child. <laughs> Wait, does that mean that we have to use the same predictions we used on the other you switch podcast? No, it'll be, we can do whatever. So we get, we get two predictions that count towards this. You guys even you remember yeah. what you predicted? I mean, Matt had a whole thing about Joni Menendez playing, so. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I predicted a 1-1 draw with Dom Dwyer getting the equalizer in like the 85th minute or something. Oh. That's, that's a pretty good one, I think. Um, I think it's going to be a 2-1 loss, and I think we're going to give up a goal early. We're going to score one in the second half to tie it, and then I think uh, Joseph Martinez is going to score the winner. So, 2-1 loss. Colin? I think you guys are more optimistic than I am. Uh, I think based on the number of games that these players have played and the squad rotation, I don't see a lot positive happening. I'm going to go 2-0 for Atlanta. Trevor? I'm going to steal Kyle's, but slightly different. I think we're going to go down 2-0 and then score a goal at like the 78th minute to give everybody a lot of hope, and we're just going to basically repeat the Minnesota game. And then <laughs> we can have a whole three days of the media cycle about our mindset. Yeah, That'd about how that shows that we're the better team because we scored the last goal and uh, near the <laughs> end of the game. The we were, yeah, exactly. It's going to be 2-0 at halftime, 2-1 at the end of the game, and... We're going to have three days of that circus all over again. Matt, what about you? Uh, so on RSL Sundays, I predicted 3-1 uh, with Jonah Menendez scoring a goal. <laughs> Clearly, that's not going to happen. So I'm just going to cut him out. And I'm going to say 3-0. And Joseph Martinez is going to score a hat trick. And it's going to be very disappointing. See, you're braver than me. I wanted to go 3-0, but I decided that, that I couldn't be that negative. So I said 2 well, I'm glad I could be a little more negative than you, and I didn't have to. It's, it's hard to do, but you did it. It's going to be crazy if this ends up like another New York City FC game, and then we just have to like give up at halftime. That would be crazy. Let's, oh, we wouldn't do that. do that. We're going to just keep the same players in because they're playing well. And and then one of them is going to be injured for the rest of the season. It'll be great. Yeah. Well, before we really end this, we have been handed a formal position that we a manifesto, as it were. Uh, that I think we're required to read on air. And yes, it does technically apply to the last episode, the little yeah. round table. Uh, yeah. Colin, do you want to read this? I can. This comes in from a great friend of the pod, uh, a huge RSL fan, uh, Sarah Todd at <laughs> NBA Sarah. She said, I hope that anyone recording a pod about soccer right now understands that my formal position is eat the rich, free Ochoa, my sweet baby angel deserves better. Wow. To great friend of the pod uh, and lifetime RSL fan since the day she was born. Uh, Sarah Todd. Free David Ochoa. Honestly, agreed. And maybe she should start a second account called MLS Sarah or RSL Sarah. Because is RSL Sarah taken? We should we should check that. We should just register it for her. And give it to her. Yeah. That's a good idea. Checking that now. This is important. This account doesn't work that we're exist. doing right now. RSL Sarah, she should take it. Um, 
please do that, Sarah. Anyway, but yeah, cosign everything Sarah said. Uh, he does deserve better. And he also appears to be playing... He has a pink PS5 controller, which is cool, I guess. Yeah, it's a fun color. He's playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege, which is either cringe, depending on who you talk to, or totally cool. My roommate plays Siege, and he's really, really good at it. So he thinks it's cool, but I saw a couple of people on Twitter that were like, it's an old game, you shouldn't be playing it, which uh, is crazy to me. One question is, that that like mint green top he was he was wearing, is that a keeper warm-up, or is that... I like that. I thought yeah, that was I a keeper was, training kit. Yeah, I feel like we've seen that a couple of times, and people have been like, yo, where can we get that? Because the mint green top is very good. I love Choice. it. Yeah, I I'm like, I mean, I know this wasn't a David Ochoa modeling and training kit. Uh, that wasn't the purpose of him talking about how RSL is ruining his life. But <laughs> it's having that secondary effect to where I'm trying to get my hands on one of those. So, yeah. so I, David, uh, as you're listening to this pod, um, you've got to get Matt, Trevor, Kyle, me, Ian and Sarah. <laughs> these just choice mint green training tops please also uh all rudy gobert gear is uh half off on the jazz team store so (laughs) perfect well i know what i'm doing tonight get that while you can and don't buy any donovan mitchell shirts anytime soon wait for those to go on sale too well thanks for joining us for another round table Uh, Have a wonderful evening, and let's hope that all of us are wrong and Real Salt Lake uh, finds a way to win. I'd be very pleased. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.